1: What you do is look at your neighbor and say, "I am extremely faithful." Okay, now here's the catch: What are you faithful to? We're all faithful to something, right? We go through our week. We're we're faithful to watch the ball game. We're faithful. There's a lot of things I'm faithful to, but the question we need to ask ourselves: Are we faithful? to the things of God, to the things that Christ has called us to be faithful to. Nothing wrong with the ball game, nothing wrong with the NASCAR races or or whatever you do for recreation. But it's important that we are faithful to Christ. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Being steady and determined in our faith. If you turn to your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 27, we're going to be reading verses 1-6. through But I want you uh, Mention this book here. Eugene Peterson, in his book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, writes It is not difficult in our world to get a person interested in the message of the gospel. It is terrifically difficult to sustain that interest. Millions of people in our culture make decisions for Christ, but there is a dreadful attrition rate. Many claim to have been born again, but the evidence for mature Christian discipleship is slim. In our kind of culture, anything, even news about God, can be sold if it's packaged correctly. But when it loses its novelty, it goes on the garbage heap. There's a great market for religious experience in our world. There is little enthusiasm for the patient acquisition of virtue, little inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship in what earlier Christians called holiness. It is so important that we are found faithful. Now, in our... uh, word this morning. We're, we're reading about King Jotham. I believe that's how you pronounce it. He lived a life of faith that set him apart, a faith that was steady and determined. Now, if you read back in verses, or chapter 25 and 26, you're going to find other kings. You're going to find Joah's father. They started out, they started the race good, but they didn't end so well. It's important that in the end, at the end of our race, that we're found faithful. Today I want us to look at these six verses on the reign of King Jotham uh, and see what we can uh, pick out of there, what we can glean about living a life of faith. 2 Chronicles chapter 27 verses 1 through 6 says, Jotham was 25 years old when he became king and reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was uh, Jerusha, daughter of Zadok. He did what was right in the Lord's sight as his father Uzziah had done. In addition, he didn't enter the Lord's sanctuary, but the people still behaved corruptly. Jotham built the upper gate of the Lord's temple, and he built extensively on the wall uh, of Ophel. Uh, He also built cities in the hill country of Judah and fortresses and towers in the forest. He waged war against the king of the Ammonites. He overpowered the Ammonites, and that year they gave him 7,500 pounds of silver, 50,000 bushels of wheat, and 50,000 bushels of barley. They paid him the same in the second and third years. Verse 6, So Jotham strengthened himself because he did not waver in obeying the Lord his God. Before we go any further, I want to go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord, and I just pray that we're found faithful. When we end our race, Lord, when we breathe our last breath, we look you in the face, Lord. Oh, that you would tell us that we've been found faithful, that we've done that we ran the race we were supposed to run, that we did those things we were supposed to do. Lord, I just pray you'd speak through me this morning. Lord, that I would say the words that you would have me say. And I just pray they wouldn't fall on deaf ears. I pray that, that they would sink into our hearts, that they would uh, mean, uh, mean to us what uh, you want them to, Lord, that they would speak uh, what you would want spoken to us. Lord, I just thank you. Praise you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now look back in verse 6 there. It says, So Jotham strengthened himself because he did not waver in obeying the Lord his God. He was obedient. He didn't waver in being obedient. And that brings me to my first point this morning. Faith begins with obedience. Did we get those on the slide? Or There we go. Faith begins with obedience. Now back up in verse 2. It says he did what was right in the Lord's sight. Now if you go back in those other chapters, those other kings, Uzziah and and the king before him, they did that as well. They did what was right in the Lord's sight. But, but uh, like I said earlier, they didn't finish well. And we're going to find it, excuse me, Jotham, you know one thing I don't have faith in is this earpiece. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we'll deal with that. Uh, but he, he did write what was, what was right in the Lord's sight. You know, what a great testimony that we would do what was right in the eye of the Lord You know, during the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln met with a group of ministers uh, for prayer breakfast. And it was during the Civil War, of course, and Lincoln was a man of a deep uh, faith. And at one point, one of the ministers ministers said, Mr. President, let us pray that God is on our side. And, of course, Lincoln's response showed far greater insight when he said, No, gentlemen, let us pray that we are on God's side. That we are on God's side. See, it's our choice. See, a free will, Baptist fellowship, God gives us free will, it's our choice, and that we would choose to be on God's side. You know, if we want to know what God wants us to do, we must first strive to live a life of obedience to Him, and we're called to live a life of faith. You know, and that life of faith must have a beginning, a point of origin, you know, uh Through my military career, uh, I never had the chance to do it, but many of my friends did it. They'd get a, a map of the world, all right? And they'd take a red pen and they'd stick it at home, okay? Their point of origin. And then every country, every base they went to, they would put yellow, white, black pens in it to show every place they'd been. But that red pen showed a point of origin. And you know what? This morning, our faith has a point of origin, But I have to ask the question, do you have a red pen this morning? Does your faith have a point of origin this morning? See, there was a point in King Jotham's life when he decided not to follow, excuse me, again, (laughs) in his father's footsteps by becoming prideful. His father Uzziah uh, did that later in his career. He did things that were outside the, the laws, the rules of what God had laid down for him. There must be a point in our lives when we say, you know what, I'm not going there. I'm not going to do that thing. A point when we say, Lord, guess what? I'm going to follow you. Is there a point in your life? When you've stuck that red pin in the map of your life and said, this is where it all begins. This is where I follow Christ. We say, Lord, I'm not worried about you being on my side. My concern is that I am on your side. You know, a walk of faith, a life of faith begins with obedience. The choices that we are faced with every day, do I follow you, God? Or do I follow uh, what the world wants me to do? What the world expects of me? It's a choice. And you know what? I'm going off my life. There's numerous times during my my day, during my week, where I have to make a choice. Do I follow God and what He wants? Or do I follow what the world wants, what the world expects of me? And I, you know what? I can't stand up here and believe that I'm the only person that faces these choices. We all face these choices. But are you faithful to Christ? Are you doing what He expects of you? Romans 12 says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. God has a will for your life. He has a purpose for your life. He has something He wants you to do. Do I know what that is? No. You may not even know what that is yet. But it's up to us, to again, to remain faithful and seek that. And as we live that life of faith and interact with each other, we get to my second point which is faith is strengthened by other people of faith. See, I look out on your your faces, and those of you that I know well, and those of you that I know, and I see how you live your life, the good and the bad, and it strengthens me. We look back at verse 2, the second half. It says, just as his father Uzziah had done. See, Joath. Uh, Uzziah became king at 16. Okay, And he lived his life and then then he sinned against God and we'll find out what all that is in just a moment. But Joath had an opportunity. He didn't become king until he was 25 years old. So he had the opportunity to see his father's triumphs and he had the opportunity to see his father's failures both in life and his spiritual life. He saw those triumphs and failures. And he was able to pattern his life the way he saw fit. And, amen, it was after what God wanted. He was very obedient to what God wanted for his life. And as we read the account of his reign, the same words that describe Jotham's reign in 2 Chronicles 26 describe Uzziah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And if you go back to verse 25, and that King Amazah, if you read there, it says, He did what was right in the Lord's sight. But in, in that case, and in Uzziah's case, they didn't do it completely. So I want to tie this down to us. Yeah, we can read about what the kings did and how, how well they finished or how well they didn't finish, but our concern here at victory is how you're finishing, how you're running your race. And it's important to us, it's important to you, that we preach the truth and that you're following those truths. Uzziah, Jotham's father, was a very successful king early on in his reign. And we read the account of his reign, the same words. And there's no doubt that Jotham saw early in his father's reign what living a life of faith should look like. And I'm sure he saw how the favor of God rested on his father as long as he remained obedient to God. See? Jotham sharpened his teeth, if you will, on his father's walk. Men, I say Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen. What do you say? Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. See, and that's how we live our life. I'm sharpening myself on you. You're sharpening yourself on me. Each other, as we see each other live our lives. It's important that we use each other for strength, for encouragement. I'm sure there's many more ways here but I've come up with two in which our walk of faith can be strengthened especially by other people. We're strengthened by their faith successes. As I said, King Jotham no doubt saw the success of his father, King Uzziah and as long as he was faithful and obedient to God he did well. But I believe Joab learned a valuable life lesson here. As long as I'm walking in obedience and faith to God, then God will honor me. And that could be said of each and every one of you. As long as you're walking in obedience and faith to God, God will honor you. Likewise, we can learn lessons from others' faith success. Another way we learn is by others' faith failures. Say that fast three times. But our faith failures, there's times in our lives when we're going to fail. When we're going to trip and stumble. When we're going to downright have that epic fail. And I pray at night in my prayer time. And I ask forgiveness for my sins. And I ask forgiveness for those epic fails. Because it happens. I don't care who you are and what you're doing. Sometimes you do have those times where you have that faith failure. And unfortunately, Uzziah didn't always do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 16, it says, But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. So here comes pride. And he became full of himself. He was unfaithful to God. And guess what he did? He entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. That wasn't his job. See, and as he walked down the hallway... The priests are running after him. And he's carrying the, 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 the incense burner, if you will. And they're saying, you can't do this. You know, God, many years before, had set forth the, uh, uh, the priests to do this. And it was their job. And, of course, God had rules against this. But Uzziah became angry and yelling at the priests. And as he did so, leprosy broke out on his forehead He became diseased. And of course, that was the beginning of the end. That was the origin of his end, I guess you could say. I guess he could stick a red pin right there. uh, Because it, it didn't get any better from there. King Uzziah knew he was being disobedient to God, but he let pride come before what was right. And no doubt pride led him away and caused him to question the very Word of God and I believe King Jotham saw how his father was, uh, was acting and, and how he had disobeyed God. And in essence, he had the throne ripped away from him. And of course, after he got leprosy, of course, they put him away and he was quarantined. He was kept away from everybody because, of course, you know, back in those days, they didn't want people with leprosy around them. Second Chronicles twenty six nineteen explains that. It says Uzziah had a censer in his hand ready to burn incense. And he became angry. And while he was raging at the priest in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. You ever think about that? When you're being less than faithful, when you're being disobedient to God? You know, God used to, God used to punish people. I mean, they, they'd receive their punishment right then and there on the spot. Thank God for grace. Thank God for grace. And I believe uh, that was also a life lesson for Jotham because Jotham had some of the same successes that his father had. But unlike him, in verse 2 of chapter 27, he did not enter the temple of the Lord. Jotham remained a humble king, serving under the lordship of our almighty God, and he allowed his dad's faith failure to strengthen his walk. You know, something good can come of something bad. Now, of course, for me personally, I prefer nothing bad ever happen. I prefer I walk the the walk I'm supposed to walk at all times. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen. And I pray from my stumbles that you could possibly find something to, to improve your walk. I pray from your stumbles That I could find something to improve my walk. That we could build off of each other. My third point. Faith will set you apart. Faith will set us apart from the world. Verse 2 tells us, But unlike him, he did not enter the temple of the Lord. The people, however, continued their corrupt practices. You know what? We come to church. We try to be as best Christians we can be. Our faith sets us apart. Yet the world remains corrupt. They still do those terrible things that they do. So in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, King Jotham continued his walk of faith. You know what? That's all Christ asks of us. Is that in in the midst of this crooked and perverse world that we live in today, that we continue to walk our walk of faith. That we keep our eyes on Christ. Powerful message today. Faith. It's important that we walk a walk of faith. But many don't. Romans one twenty-five tells us they're exchanging the truth of God for a lie. That's what the world's doing today. They're saying, up is down. Good is bad. They're telling us these things and, and uh, throwing these things out. I was trying to say that the things that we know to be wrong, the things we know to be bad, the things we know to be evil, well, it's just the opposite of that. It's good. And, of course, now the things that are good, they're saying are bad. We're getting fined for having Bible studies. We're getting, you know, we're getting thrown out of churches and, and so on. You know, we have it very good here in the United States of America, okay? But there's other countries that are being persecuted and, and being killed for having, reading, Speaking of God's word, it's important that we remain faithful. If we, as born, again, spit it out. If we, as born again believers, would focus on living holy lives, and that means abstaining from the things of this world and not living a life character, characterized by religion, but rather a relationship with Christ then we'll be set apart. So again, another question. How's your relationship with Christ this morning? I'll be blunt. Do you have a relationship with Christ this morning? You know, as we get closer to the end, and of course, every day we're closer to Christ coming back, but do we really have time to beat around the bush about certain things, about our salvation, about our walk of faith? I don't think we do. I think, I think we need to be blunt. You know, one of the things in our walk of faith is to, to spread the gospel. When was the last time you told somebody about Christ? You know, we, we talk about having accountability partners. That can be difficult. I mean, do you really want to look your, your closest friend, your accountability partner in your face and say, I have not been spreading the gospel of Christ. Have you been reading your Bible? It's embarrassing to say, no, I haven't. It's important, our walk of faith. Jotham's story will be our story. It will say, but unlike the world that continued in their corrupt practices, John Pratt did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Insert your name there. You did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Number four, faith will cause you to serve God and others. You know, if we're being faithful to God, if we're if we're doing what God has called us to do, if what Christ has called us to do, we're going to want to serve God. We're going to want, when the doors of the church are open, we're going to be there. Pastor, what can I do? Well, you can go sweep the foyer. Uh, you got anything more uh, that's more in line with what I wanted? I don't really like to sweep. Well, guess what? At that moment, that's what Christ has called you to do. But but when the church doors of the church are open, you're there. You want to serve God. You know what? In being faithful, we want to serve each other. When somebody's sick and needs help, yeah, I'll step up and cook a meal for uh, Rebecca Capper. I'll step up and, and do this. I'll step up and do this. That's what serving each other means, Right? We look at verses 3 and 4 here. Jotham rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the Lord and he did extensive work on the walls uh, at the hill of Ophel. He served God. He built towns in the Judean hills, forts and towers in the wooded areas. Now if you look back at his father, Uzziah's life, he pretty much did a bunch of the same thing. He built towns and towers and so on. But what separates Jotham... From his father, he remained faithful. He remained steady and determined. He didn't let pride enter in like his father had. This passage begins to tell of all uh, the things that King Jotham did during his reign. One of the first things he did was repair the temple of the Lord. I'm sure Brother Darrell could tell you, there's plenty of things that need to be done out of the church still. Well, yeah pour the concrete for the parking lot, do this and that. I'm I'm not an electrician. I'm not a concrete guy, but I'm telling you, there's sweeping up and cleaning up to do. There's plenty to do. Has God called you to participate in that? Jotham served God. He went to work for God. He didn't enter the temple like his father in pride had and try to do what he was never called to do. See, there's certain things we're not called to do. And I would say if, you're not, if you don't feel called to do something, then don't do it. Because that might not be where God's leading you. God certainly wasn't leading Uzziah to burn incense. And Jotham understood that. And he didn't even try it. But what God does want you to do, He wants you to use your time and your talent, and I'm going to say it, and your money, to serve Him. That's what God wants us to do. That's what we're called to do. A life of faith will cause you to want to serve God. You'll have a longing to serve Him in some way. In fact, you won't be able to occupy yourself enough doing other things because you'll want, be wondering, well, what can I do for Lord? What, is, what needs to be done at Victory Church? Because number one, if you remember here, this is your church and this is where you're called to serve. And if you're our guest this morning, amen, welcome. And I pray this is where God's calling you to serve. Because there's something for everybody to do. But you should have that desire. And if you're walking that walk of faith that Christ has called you to walk, you will have that desire. A life of faith will cause me to want to serve God, but it will also cause me to want to serve you. What did Christ say? The least you've done to one of these, so have you done to me? Okay. That's how we serve Christ. That's how we serve the Lord, is by serving others. And it's and, and we like to say, well, I cook for so and so at church and so on. Okay, that's fine. You know, we take care of each other. We really do. But there's so many other people out there that aren't taken care of. Last time you saw a. Uh, a vagrant on the side of the road looking for money. What is the first thing we think? Ah, he's, it's a scam. He just wants our cash. I thought it too. But you know what? Convicted by the Holy Spirit, I turned around and went back and gave that guy a, a dollar. And there's times I haven't had money in my pocket where I've given him a bottle of water or a can of Coke out of my lunch. Because you know what? It's not about his motivation. It's about our motivation. I didn't do it or not do it because he was scamming me. I did it because of the love of God. I felt convicted by the Holy Spirit. And that's why I did it. Now, if he took his he took the couple dollars and change that I gave him and, and you know deposited it in his million dollar account, well, so be it. That's on him. That's something he's gonna to have to answer for. But my motivation wasn't that. My motivation was that. I was helping somebody that appeared to need help. Helping others. Our walk of faith, our faith, should cause us to want to serve God and want to serve others. And our walk of faith should bring us closer to God. If you're walking the walk of faith that Christ wants you, you should be growing closer to Him, not further away. You know, and I've used this numerous times uh, but it's the picture of the, the, the old man and the old lady in the truck and they start out as sweethearts and she's sitting right next to him and he's driving, right? And as years go down the road she finally ends up over at the far side of the truck and she says to him why don't you sit next to me anymore? And he says, I haven't moved. You know what? God hasn't moved. We're the ones that need to move closer to Him. He's there. He's waiting for you to move closer. Why wasn't Jotham serving God and others? Or, excuse me, why was Jotham serving God and others? Why was he concerned for the safety of others and for the temple of God? Because a life of faith will bring you closer to God. That's why. Yeah, that was Jotham. Doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. You know what? There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, I'm saying all these things that you've heard a hundred times before. Okay? If it's only one other time before. You've heard it before. Why aren't we acting on it? The Scripture says, He walked steadfastly before the Lord is God. But I think in the message translation of God's Word, it captures the essence of this verse the best. It says, Jotham strengthened Their strength was rooted in his steady and determined life of obedience to God. Are you steady and determined this morning? Are you doing what the Lord has called you to do? Are you serving God and serving others? Are you steady and determined? The essence of our life of faith should be steady and determined. Studying the Scriptures, reading our Bible daily... Steady and determined. Your prayer life. How's your prayer life? Again, is it steady? Are you determined to do it? Serving God in some way? Telling the lost about salvation through Jesus Christ? Your attendance on church, at church on Sunday morning? Are you steady and determined? Your love for fellow believers? What about you this morning? Are we living a life of faith? I include myself in that. I, I stumble. I, I, sometimes I don't do those things that I'm called to do. I think each and every one of us would say that. Pastors, deacons. Are we living a life of faith? And as I asked this morning, you, you turned to your neighbor and you said, I'm living a life of faith. But What, is your, what, what are you living your life of faith to? What are you faithful in doing? Are you faithful to Christ? Are you doing those things that Christ has called you to do? Hey, if you if you've been called to go on a mission field, why aren't you preparing? If you've been called to be a, a if you've been called to be a preacher, a pastor, what are you doing about it? If you've been called to cook meals, if you I don't care what you've been called to do, why aren't you doing something about it? Our walk of faith that it requires us to act on it you know what you're gonna to have to be the judge for yourself this morning I can't say oh that person's faithful that person's faithful that they're not I can't you you have to if, if you can sit there and say you know what I'm totally happy with how faithful I've been that's something um, that you're gonna to have to take that up with, with the Lord face to face. I'm looking in the eye this morning and telling you I haven't been as faithful as I should be yeah you see me here on Sunday morning if we had Sunday evening service I'd be here if we had Wednesday evening service I'd be here that's the easy stuff don't think you're getting away with something just because you're here when the doors are open are you reading the Bible the way you're supposed to be are you studying you know we get so much guidance and stuff from pastor are we taking advantage of it are we accomplishing it faith in jesus has a point of origin a point of origination and that's obedience so as you see here this morning trace it back and you look back in your life to a point or beginning and that's going to be when you accepted christ as your savior that's that's when you planted that red pen in the map that's your point of origin what's your life of faith been like path in the past I don't want you to sit there and dwell on it. If it's been, oh, I've had my ups and downs. We all have. But this morning, right here, right now, if you want, you can take that red pen out of uh, of the map and you can place it there this morning, right now. If you've never had a red pen, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you know what? Now's the time to sink that red pen in. It's so important that we make a decision. Now, if you leave here this morning, if you get up out of your seat and you've had the opportunity to to say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I believe you died for my sin on the cross. I believe you rose three days later. But I'm really not going to do anything with it this morning. I'm not going to make a decision this morning. Guess what? You just made your decision. I want you to know that. But if you want to make a positive decision and say, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life. I believe those things. I know you died on the cross. I truly believe you shed your blood to cover my sin. That you rose on the third day. That you're in heaven sitting on the right hand of God. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Because you have to ask. We were talking this morning, Jose and I, it's, it's, it's not about believing, and you've heard this before, but it's about making a conscious effort. It's about putting your faith in God, putting your, putting your faith in Christ, that, that He will take care of you, that He will do those things. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're certainly not into embarrassing you or calling you out. You know, Jose and I this morning we're talking about holy ground. You know, I don't know how how holy we believe this room is right now. It's a school cafeteria. We're, we're two or more gathered together. There I am in the midst. Christ said that, and He's here this morning, and that makes us holy ground. I'm not going to have you take off your shoe. But I am going to give you an opportunity, no matter where you sit this morning, to say that prayer of salvation. And perhaps you've already accepted Christ as your Savior, and you want to rededicate your life, or you want to say, Lord, I haven't been as faithful as I should, so I'm going to take that red pen and stick it in this morning, on the 4th of March, 2012. And this is truly where my walk of faith is going to begin. You have to start somewhere. You know, that walk has an origin, it has a beginning. And you need to start now. So, as they sing, if you're doing business in your chair, right, that's fine. These steps are open if you want to come up here and pray. I'm up here, pastor sitting in the back, the deacons are around. And don't keep it to yourself. Really quick, look up here. And I know Daniel's going to bring this to your attention. There's a place on your your, uh, bulletin to let us know the decisions you made this morning. Please don't keep it a secret. Let us know. Number one, we can help. Number two, and the most important, we can rejoice with you. These are important decisions we're making. Eternal decisions. And my prayer goes out to each and every one. Whether it's a decision of salvation or rededication. I just want you to know we're praying for
0: you. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois. 6269 Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net and again we thank you and are glad you could join us